All right, guys. So for this podcast, I have Daniel Gregory. Um, he is a writer. He is a real estate broker and investor. He is a disciple of Larry David. Um, he's been published in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, New York Daily News, as well as the New York Post. Um, this guy is extremely smart and he's cutthroat and he knows how to get shit done no matter no matter what it takes. He also was the former um, number one salesman for Cutco, which is fucking badass in my eyes because I mean that means he's got the he's got the ambition to get to wherever he wants. So um, as well to let you guys know as well, this podcast has been broken down into two parts. So bear with me just because of, of scheduling. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy this. Oh shoot! I think it was last Saturday. I think. I forgot, dude. Oh, was I meeting <laughs> Mexican? Oh yeah, she's nice. She's a nice girl. How did they go? Good. We just we just got some Mexican food actually. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing newsworthy, really. Oh, okay. Got you. Well, so what? What was your like opinions on her? Because I'm curious. Because I I remember you were telling me like it's something. It's like a like it's a little difficult out there, like in New York and everything. No. I mean, look, I think in general, dating is not necessarily that easy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it was definitely easier a few years ago. I mean, as you get older, it becomes tougher as well. And then COVID. Uh, COVID doesn't make it easier either. Mm-hmm. So, so um, you know, New York isn't, isn't a bad place to, to date. I mean, a lot of people come to New York, you know, nobody really comes to New York to like build a family. I mean, people come here to work, to have fun so i mean there's a lot of single people here mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting people in new york obviously um and you don't have to drive everywhere so the thing i don't like about la is i just don't like cities that are like so sprawling you have to drive everywhere mm-hmm. um that's not really for me uh, look that being said i mean if you're 25 it's easier in terms of dating mm-hmm. than if you're 30 um for a number of reasons you know uh, one being that, you know, there's just less people your age who are single, right? I mean, people start getting married. People start moving in with their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people who are younger, perhaps, if you're talking about dating apps, they may not swipe in your age range. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if somebody's 23, maybe she's swiping until 28, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just giving you a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, it's complicated. I guess being, uh, I guess being a little cheesy. What is like uh, your ideal like type of girl that that you're currently looking for, like at your age and everything? Well, I don't know if anything in life is really ideal. Mm-hmm. So let's say that, right? Um, I mean, I would generally get along with somebody who is kind of like you know doesn't take herself too seriously, is down for spontaneous adventures, you know. Mm-hmm has a sense of humor. Um, if somebody is really by the book, if somebody is really rule-based, kind of very straight-laced, very rigid, you know, it's not going to work out. doesn't mean that I'm better than them. We're just different. You mm-hmm. know, uh, certain people in life get along. Certain people are, certain people are not compatible. Like, I'm, I'm not much of a planner. I'm not super organized. I'm not you know, into following every single rule and regulation. Um, you know, it grinds my gears, kind of. Look, if somebody is very shy, it's just not going to work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I kind of just know myself. 
I agree. I think I I think like for me personally, like for for traits like qualities that I look for people, I probably say like something similar. Yeah, because I I can't do like by the book stuff or I'm like I mean I've been trying to be a planner recently but I, that's not like in my nature I'm more spontaneous I'm more like right me too mm-hmm. I'm more like let's just go with the flow kind of deal you know but yeah I don't know I mean it, it's crazy out here I guess yeah no I mean I, I almost kind of wish I was in New York for like a certain period of time just so that way I could experience how like how it is like the single life and kind of just wandering like the i guess without having to drive because that's one of the biggest things that like kind of like bother the hell out of me like i've been dealing with it for years and now i'm like at the point where i'm like right. i fucking hate this shit so but much thing is, let's say let's say you're going out in la mm-hmm. you have to think about who's driving how you're getting home now with ubers it's a little bit different but nevertheless mm-hmm. if you're going out in la you have to have a destination you have to take an uber to a destination Mm -hmm. you don't really say okay we're gonna go to this neighborhood and we're gonna bounce around and we're gonna see what happens Mm -hmm. so there is an opportunity in new york to be more spontaneous because it's walkable people are on the street and if everybody is in their car and things are long distances from one another things have to be more planned Mm -hmm. so I do like that about New York. Now, I, I don't I don't like spending a lot of time in the car, so L.A. is just not for me. Mm-hmm. I understand why some people like it. It's just not really for me. No doubt the weather in New York is tough, so I understand why people might go to L.A. in the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what have you thought about, like, um, I guess, like, Texas, about, like, a bunch of um, tech companies moving over there? Has that, like, piqued your interest, or you, th- you think you're going to stay in no, New York? No, not at all. Yeah. No, look, I'm a born and raised New Yorker, so... Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick around and be loyal to New York. Now, outside of that, um, you know, there's the U.S. is so big that if you go from one state to another, it's often like going to a different country. I mean, I'm just culturally much more a New Yorker, you know. Mm-hmm. I did live in Louisiana for a year. I liked it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's not really for me. Um, I would probably feel more at home in London than I would in uh, Louisiana. Um, so, you know, I just, I just, I have a bit of a New York accent. I mean, I curse a lot. I talk <laughs> fast. I walk fast. Uh, for me to live in the South is just not really for me. I mean, I'm also not really being, I'm not into the type of really kind of very excessive politeness mm-hmm. that is standard in the South. I mean, if I go to a supermarket, I'm not trying to, talk to the cashier for a, for a half an hour same and you know it's just nothing wrong with that it's just not for me i remember mm-hmm. i got onto a trolley in new orleans mm-hmm. and i just sat down and the trolley conductor said to me he turned around he said you must be from new york because he didn't say hi oh. so you know um i'm a bit of a curmudgeon so you know new york is is, is, is more for me that mm-hmm. being said look the winter in new york is tough I'm not. I'm not. I'm not such a fan of rain and snow. So there's always pluses and minuses. Yeah, pros and cons to um, to whatever it is you're doing. When you moved to Louisiana, how? What was the reason for for being over there? I went to law school there. Oh, gotcha. Okay, and uh, okay, you you figured that like law wasn't like it, like it wasn't your thing that you wanted to do. Mm, I don't know. When I graduated law school, I was I was selling real estate. I was making pretty good money. I just mm. continued. However, um, 
I think I'm gonna actually take the bar exam pretty soon. Okay. Yeah, it's just a monster test, but yeah, I should do it. Yeah. Okay. Is, so is that like something that you think you're gonna transition into, or do you think the money's better in real estate right now? Well, the money is usually better as a lawyer. It really just depends how good you are. I mean, mm. you can make money in either business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, maybe I'm gonna practice law. I don't know. It's 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 a very long process. I mean, I I'm I'm you know I like politics and I like writing, so I I wouldn't mind being a speech writer. I wouldn't mind uh, being an opinion writer, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you Google me, I mean, I've written a bunch of stuff. Um, oh that yes, said, someone cited you today, huh? Yeah, I saw someone cited me in a research paper. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see if I practice law. I'm, I'm, if I practice law, I'll probably be like a self-employed attorney. I, I don't love working for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all, it all just boils down to being on your own, huh? Well, there are certain advantages, of course, to being employed by someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you like your colleagues. And you have fun in the office. That's nice because it's hard to meet people, mm-hmm. right? So if you if you like your colleagues and you have fun at the office, that's a, a big positive. And I've been in offices where I liked my colleagues and we were friends. Mm-hmm. Obviously before Corona. Um, but generally, I don't I don't love to take direction from people. Mm-hmm. Or let's put it this way: I don't like to be told what to do that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, look, I, I, I mean, you know, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I mean, I've saved some money in my life, so I don't have to do anything I don't want to do mm-hmm. necessarily. I mean, but the question is, you know, I, I, I would be open. I, I would be open to working in an office where, you know, I like the people and I like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said. It would be it's 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 always a big adjustment for me to work, kind of, a nine to five type of job and mm-hmm. have like ten vacation days and this and that. That's not what I'm used to. It's not really my personality, but mm-hmm. you know, there's there the it, 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 it can, there can be advantages to that. Obviously, if it's a good company and they take care of their employees, you know, it can be quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. You just have to deal with people, you know. Telling you uh, when to eat lunch and when to take a vacation. Yeah, that's that's a downside. But like you said, there's there's pros and cons to everything. I've been to, I've been in both pos- positions. Like in regards to, like I I've enjoyed my coworkers and positions where I'm like I don't even associate with my coworkers. Not that I like don't yeah. like them, but I'm just like it's just like an awkward thing. It's like I don't really like I don't we don't bond. Like I don't want to talk to you kind of deal. So right. I, it's kind of at that point, like in regards to getting a job, it's kind of like the luck of the draw. It's like whatever, whatever you get is what you get. And that's another gamble it, itself of, of finding an employer, too. And I mean, I, I've never I've never like I think we were talking about this before we even did the podcast. I was like, I've never liked being being managed, being micromanaged. That's always been like one of like my biggest like pet peeves. And, and same with you with you as well. It's just like I don't I mean that like we just don't go well together personally. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, it depends. Um, but we'll see. I mean, look, after Corona, you know, look, the world will be a different place. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I think a lot of people are going to want to travel. 
maybe there will be a period where people want to make up for lost time, mm-hmm. travel around. I mean, I, I would like to travel around a little bit mm-hmm. um, if it's possible. I mean, if I could get into Europe, I would go tomorrow, but, uh, you know, the borders are closed. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, aside from Europe, is there anywhere that, that you have on your list that you want to go once <laughs> everything's back to normal? Well, I want to go to South America. Okay. I would kind of prefer to go with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer to go with someone, but, but people go alone and they're fine. So it's not hundred percent necessary, but that's my, that's my preference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Europe is very easy to travel alone. For someone who's never been to Europe, for example, me, <laughs> what is there to do in, uh, in Europe? Oh, like look, I mean, what yourself. do you do anytime you travel? You look around, mm-hmm. you see how people live, you observe, you eat, you know, what do people do? You go out, I mean, whatever people do, right? Mm-hmm. I guess for me, yeah, because I, I, like you said, I'd rather, I think anyone for the most part would, would agree with, I'd rather travel with somebody. But I think for uh, for me a few months ago, like in October, I ended up just going to Hawaii by myself because I was like, nobody wanted to go how with me. That? It was it was interesting. I did uh, I did a bunch of cool things and kind of just roamed uh, roamed the area by myself most of the time. Uh, I'm more of an introvert usually most times, but I ended up having to like like talk to people and reach out to people just so that way I could figure out like you said what the locals are doing or what's the spots to go. You know, so it was. Right. It, where, it, where in Hawaii? Um, damn, I'm drawing a blank. I think uh, Maui. Okay. Mm-mm. Waikiki, you know Waikiki. That's where okay. I was at. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where I was staying. But then I just wandered like the whole, uh, like the main island and everything like that, and just hit up like a few spots, a few waterfalls. Um, I think I posted a picture. I was like fire dancing with like some with some guy over there. Um, yeah, no, it it was a trip though, Where'd man. Where'd you stay? Um, some some random hotel I booked through an app called like Hotel Tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was uh, it nice? Uh, it was nice, yeah. They had, like, a sick-ass, like, rooftop, like, view and, and pool and everything like that. And I had, like, the best fucking pasta over there, too. So that was sick. But All right, that's I, everyone roasted the hell out of me for not getting the, what, what is it called? Mocha, mocha salsa or something like that? No. I don't know. It's, I haven't been to Hawaii. It's, like, spam and eggs. Like, they're, it's, like, they're... Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. They have a lot of, like, uh food over there yeah, yeah. and uh, people got mad at me they're like bro you didn't fucking try it i'm like i'm sorry i didn't i was just looking for other basic shit i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah you know they have a lot of dishes uh uh with spam you know yeah. the meat mm-hmm. i i tried a little bit of spam but i was like i'm not too huge of a fucking fan of that you know personally though yeah it, for some reason it's popular over there yeah, but it's like like it's like drenched in like sodium and salt, and I'm like, yeah, Maybe? it is. It's not very healthy. It's not health food, that's for sure. Yeah. So when I had it, I was like, Jesus fuck! <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? But have you? Ever yeah. t- have you ever- I don't think I've ever tried it actually. It's uh, it's interesting. I it's like it's for an experience. I'd be like, fuck it. But have you ever traveled on your own? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Where have you gone to? Uh, well, I went I went all over Europe by myself. What'd you end up doing, and how'd you end up connecting with people? Look, that's tough. It's a good question. You know, I don't know. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just, you know, I mean, sometimes I go and I visit someone I know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, but that's a good question. How do you meet people? That's a, you know, some people have the, this type of charisma where they can just go to a bar by themselves. Mm-hmm. 
right? That's always been tough for me. Um, you know, to go to a bar by yourself, uh, I, I need like someone there to have kind of like energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely admire people who can like go out by themselves. That's never really been my element. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, yeah, look, it's kind of tough to meet people. I mean, look, you can always use dating apps, mm-hmm. even just to meet people. Um, and, you know, other than that, you really have to get out of your comfort zone and, you know, go out. Or if you're staying in a hostel, then it's a little bit easier if you're staying in a hostel. Mm-hmm. I, now, I'm not a big fan of hostels myself. Look, maybe I'm just a bit of a prince or princess. I guess I would be a prince. <laughs> But, you know, I kind of like to sleep in comfortable places, to be totally frank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've stayed in hostels, you know, several times. Sometimes they're okay. But I don't know. I've also had some kind of negative experiences. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite thing. Well, at the end of the day, at least you gave it that go. Well, how, how did some of the bad experiences look like? Because I've never stayed at a hostel personally. It's not bad. Nothing mm-hmm. happened bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, look, I, I went to a hostel in Amsterdam, and I was in a room with, like, a bunch of, like, Pakistani dudes mm-hmm. who were, like, 50. Okay. And it, look, the, the, that, that's all good. It's just, like, I don't know. It's just kind of, like, not the best situation. Yeah. So, um, you know, but also just from, like, a level of, look, like, I, I never like having roommates. I don't really want to fucking sleep in the same room as five people, to be totally <laughs> frank with you. Yeah. So, uh, you know... My preference, honestly, is uh, to stay in a hotel or an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually find hotels to be better deals unless you really need a kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've traveled quite a lot myself. Um, look, I traveled in Finland for like by myself for almost a month. What? That's crazy. And, uh, you know, I met one girl who was like my girlfriend for like a month and we hung out like a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um so, you know, you never know what's going to happen. What's what's been your favorite experience that you've that you traveled to cuz it sounds like you like you're saying you traveled to a bunch of spots. I I have yet to explore like I've only been at a handful of spots personally. Yeah. What's my favorite? I don't know what my favorite was. I mean, I've really only traveled around Europe for the most part. Mm-hmm. I have been to Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico City is cool. You know, crazy place. <laughs> Is there... it's, really, it's really not far. I mean, if you want to go somewhere inexpensive, mm-hmm. it's really not far. Mm-hmm. Is... And it's kind of an interesting place. Is there any experiences that stand out to you in particular? I went to Russia by myself for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of something different. So for someone, you know. so for someone who's never been out of the country... How how is that experience like? I guess just having to connect with people over there. Like obviously people are gonna well, judge it you. Well, always gives you to see other places. It gives you perspective. Mm-hmm. Somehow, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that if you were to take six months mm-hmm. and travel around some continent, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I'm sure you would come back more mature, having learned different things, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a certain, not that it's a bad thing necessarily, but there's a certain stagnation to never leaving where you live. Mm-hmm. 
Um, right. I mean, I'm sure that people who travel a lot, and of course it does take money to travel. It's not free. Not everyone can. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure people who travel a lot, they gain whatever perspective, you know. What do you think? And peop- maybe some good stories. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some experiences that people miss out if they don't travel? It's hard to articulate. You know, I mean, I'm interested in just observing other cultures. Like, I like to go to a different country and go to the supermarket to see what they have in there. Mm-hmm. You know, but just to see, you know, to talk to people, see new people, see places, just observe how other people they're different they have might they might have different attitudes values than the u.s right they mm-hmm. it's always interesting to me by the way to ask people what they think of americans oh. if i'm in a different country mm-hmm. so well, it's one of those things it's kind of like you know if you were to ask somebody many years ago what's the benefit of going to putting a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any specific tangible benefit, but it's more a matter of exploration and perspective. Mm-hmm. It's more of an intangible benefit. Yeah, no, that's what would have been some answers that you've had that you've heard from people when they've asked you like what they view as America. Usually I've gotten like, I've asked a few people that usually they're like, we're assholes in short. But. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, some people think Americans are very nice and friendly and charismatic. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to chat with people in the U.S. I think it's easy to uh, talk to people. I think it's hard to make real friends in the U.S. I think a lot of people think that in the U.S. people are a little bit superficial in the sense of like it's easy to make an acquaintance. It's easy mm-hmm. to just make small talk. It's really not that easy to make a real friend. In the U.S., it really takes a very, very long time before someone really opens up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've heard many times, and I agree with it. Uh, to give you an example, um, you know, what else? I mean, depends, right? Um, what else have I heard? I've heard that many times. To be totally frank with you, mm-hmm. of course, I've also heard that Americans are kind of like. You know, um, you kind of have to be careful what you say. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, uh, in the U.S., uh, there's a lot of political correctness. Mm -hmm. People are not that straightforward in the U.S., we can put it that way. Mm, I think there's other countries where people are much more blunt. Whether that's good or bad, you can make your own judgment. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you? What's your position on like political correctness? I guess I'll state mine first. I think I think we as a country we're like we're we're too we're too sensitive and that I think we need to chill the hell out and, and breathe personally. But that that that's my objective. I think other countries are in the right when when you mention that like that. Yeah, it's we have to be careful because I have to be careful. Like I can't just say like quote unquote like faggot. You know, like I can't just say that because I'll offend right. like all my neighbors. Well, there's there's certain things that probably are better left unsaid. Mm-hmm. However, it also um, it also um, um, are, I think, you know, nobody wants to 
You there, Daniel? Hello? Of what used to be smaller. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. You, you cut off when you said nobody, and then like it, there was like a little a little thing. Right. So the boundaries of what is considered acceptable mm-hmm. become smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. The amount of things that are, is, is considered politically incorrect grows and grows. There are things that should be society you know kind of rejected by society mm-hmm. right or there are things that should not be said but there's also it's, it's become too much people are too sensitive mm-hmm. and too intolerant of people who disagree with them yeah. there's many people in america who just cannot disagree with people without being disagreeable without mm-hmm. making it personal you have to be able to go through life and be able to disagree with people in a civil way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just very, very basic. You, not everybody is going to agree with you. So, you know, uh, that's why this politically correct movement becomes too much. Even if the idea in and of itself is okay and the intention is good, it's become a little bit too much. Because mm-hmm. I see the attention as being good, but at some point you're you're going into to a point where you're too far naive that there are some things that are beyond control and like you need to just let them go. Like you, like you're saying, you need to be right. able to have discussions with people whether they agree with you or whether they don't. And way right. too way too many many people just explode. And like I've seen people that have, that have been in screaming matches. I've seen people that have like fought each other over like difference of political views. I've seen people that have just beaten people down for that. And I'm like, where the hell, where the hell have we gotten? Like, it's just like, it wasn't like this, like thinking back, like George Bush's time. It It wasn't wasn't like that. Well, it wasn't. It was definitely not like this when Bill Clinton was president. Yeah. You know, that was a pretty good time. (laughs) I was obviously very young. Yeah. You know, but that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good time. I mean, things started to go a little bit uh, off course Mm -hmm. somewhere around 9-11. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think like after somewhere somewhere after that, like a few years after, that's when it started started changing the whole thing. I think I think it's just the rise of social media being able to this put its well, that, voice. That, that, that's for sure. That's a whole other conversation. That's obviously caused a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Now, social media can be good also, mm-hmm. but it can also certainly be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's um I think it depends on the person who's utilizing it. Like you said. Uh, I mean, you can run a very successful business with social media, but then also if you're a toxic person, you could end up just hating on people. You could end up in the comment section just being I mean, there's a lot of hatred and bullying on social media. You know, a lot of people say things on social media that they would never say in person. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. You know, um, society you know i mean if social media didn't exist i'm sure a lot of things would be would be better Mm -hmm. you think so yeah i think so Hmm. yeah no i i don't i don't know i mean i think you're probably right i just wouldn't i just don't have that perspective that you have because 
I don't know. I mean, well, I've basically grown up in social media, so it's hard to think of a world where we don't have it, at least on my end. But uh, this is a question going back to uh, your travels. Would you rather date a girl um, in New York or a girl outside of the country? Well, I don't think if I dated a girl outside of the country and I'm in New York, it probably wouldn't work. No? I mean, do you think long-distance relationships really work that, that well? <laughs> You're right. Well, let, let me say this. Let, let's, say, uh, let's say a chick's moving from out of country to New York. Um, and you met her there like in a first month or two, or you move out of the country, or you move out of this country to a different country, something like that. Well, I guess it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not attached so much to living in any particular place. Mm-hmm. I'm relatively flexible. Mm-hmm. It really just depends case by case. Got you. Yeah, I wasn't sure if there's like yeah. a certain stigma like between like the majority of, of like New York girls, like how LA girls are all fake and and how they're all like just worried about Instagram and stuff like that. Which obviously that doesn't apply to all. That's that's just like an overall like blanket, you know. Yeah, but the stereotype comes from somewhere, I guess. I mean, look, that's millennials and Gen Z are very often obsessed with social media, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not wrong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't apply to everyone, but it's very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a reason why I'm like shit. I'm like maybe maybe a girl out of the country would be a better bet because sometimes they they'd be a little rough out here. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm just like. Are you dating someone right now? Uh, I am, but it's a it's we're in a it's a it's a weird position right that I'm that I'm currently in. So I guess I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> So it's not it's, it's it's complicated. Yeah, in short, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't even I don't even know exactly what to say. Like, like I wish I knew, but it's just like it, it's just a weird position. Like you said, it, it's complicated. I right. think so, but then I think not. Fuck, I don't even. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I get it. I get it. How long have you been doing this podcast? Uh, I've been doing it for. Uh, I guess a little over a month and I don't know where the hell the traction's been coming from, but I've been having like like a few thousand listeners like per episode. I'm like, where the fuck are you guys? You know, that's from? interesting, like how? I I wanna say I think it's cause there's not many podcasters, is my guess. Um, I have had a few bigger guests that have had a lot of audience, but um so maybe they've come through there, I'm guessing, because I've had like I had some lady that had like three million like followers on something, and then just like a few scientists and like a few other people, you know. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, cause I, when I first started, like the first three podcasts, I was only like at two, three, four downloads, and I'm like, I think one of them's mm-hmm. mine. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I, well, let me ask you this: How mm-hmm. do you advertise it or market it? You know. Um, so I'll, I'll usually go back and forth between like Twitter and Instagram because I don't want to like drown Instagram with like my posts for um, like the podcast that I'm doing because right. I'm doing more than I can handle. I haven't even posted like five of them. So I'm probably just going to do like a dump soon. Um, and okay. then, <laughs> I, yeah, like I'm already like ahead and then I'm like the, I'm booked out like this whole week as of like. I guess when I woke up from the nap, I had a few confirmations like shit. All right. So like, that's I'll, great. Good for you. Yeah, no, thank you. So I'm, I'm going with the flow, but I'm, I'm kind of lost in regards to like the path. 
I know it's too early to think on this, and I need to give more like time for for. I think for the time being, you just keep cranking out episodes and mm-hmm. keep cranking out content for the time being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you set up the infrastructure? Like, I see you have a logo, and mm-hmm. and like, how did you set that all up? Uh, the logo for like the podcast, or or the one that says like yeah. powered by Melon. It's a no, no. It's a logo with like a. a, a Oh, the whiskey? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a whiskey. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, I, I don't know. I guess I ended up just wandering on, like, some websites, and I found, like, the one that was, like, the cheapest. I think it was, like, 40, 50 bucks, and it gave me, like, the, the ability to, like, custom do my logo, and it gave me, like, some ideas, um, mm-hmm. and, and then from there, I was able to play with it. Oh, my God, bro. I'm so indecisive. I was, like, stuck on that shit for, like, four hours. I was like, fuck, what do I want? <laughs> and, like, and I kept, like, going back and forth on ideas, and then, like, I, I lost it when one of my friends said, like, uh, it, it's not this logo, but I don't even remember uh, what the color was anymore. It was, like, a like a lighter color, and he was like, it looks like a birth control ad. <laughs> I was like, mm. fuck me, I'm a shitty artist. So I was like, god damn it. Um, yeah, so I, I, I guess I was just going back and forth between that until, like, I got, like, yeah, from, like, multiple people. Like, I wasn't just relying on one. And even then, I'm not even happy with the logo, like, completely like i i think i'll change it eventually but right now i'm i'm keeping it as is you know well i like it i think it's okay yeah i, th- I think it's you know. it's okay for now uh, and how do you then you put it on 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 spotify do you have to like register or apply mm. or how do you um, put something on spotify yeah yeah so i guess i'm doing it on itunes and spotify right now um, so in regards to doing that, so I'll, I'll have to edit it out in, in GarageBand. Um, okay. what helps me out for the most part is that I have a mixer connected to the laptop. So that condenses like the, the quality of the audio. So it makes it a lot better and, and I can adjust certain things on, on that end. And then from, from downloading it from GarageBand, then I'll transfer it to, um, I guess it's, it's like, I'll have to transition it to like a song, right? Like on iTunes. Yeah. And then it'll become an MP4 player. And then from there, I have to convert it to MP3 player through, like, a third-party site. And then I have to upload it to, like, a it's – like it's, like, a third-party site for, like, Spotify and iTunes as well. So it's different from the MP3 um, download or whatever. And then mm-hmm. it, it automatically imports it, and that takes about, like, three hours once I submit it on – um onto itunes it's a very weird process like it sounds like simple but like in the very beginning i was so fucking lost (laughs) i was like i'm so stupid i'm like i don't even know how the fuck i was like i don't even know where i'm at what i'm doing because i had to figure out what an rss feed was i had to figure out how to like even set up an account how much it was going to be like for the monthly costs and it's not even that bad thank god but uh but yeah Yeah. I, i guess it was just little things and then i was like at first, I was just going to go, like, a little bit, but then I was like, fuck it. I'll just, like, go all out, you know? I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. Like, just just go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the mic, yeah, and, then, and then the mics as well. Um, I guess uh, one other favorite podcaster that I like, um, he uses it. So I was like, I, I mean, if he uses it, I mean, it's pretty solid, you know? I was like, I'll give it a go. And then I've listened to, like, my like myself on other podcasts, and I'm like, okay, the, the mics are pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's cool, man. Um... Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. I have an M- I, ha- I I made a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I can send it to you. Mm-hmm. I want to put it on Instagram. Okay. How do I take a video from YouTube, or I also have an MP4? Mm-hmm. 
do I put it on? How do I upload it to Instagram? Um, what you can do? Do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Uh, what you can do is you can screen record, so you can you can go to the very. No, no, it's like it's, it's like a five minute video, dude. I you technically can still do that, but I guess that depends on the storage of your phone. Um, but if that's not an alternative, um, the screen record isn't a bad option. I feel like there must be something better, like something you, more efficient, you, you, there, right? There must be a way to download the MP4 onto your phone. Um, I don't but know because I don't I'm mess. Not so tech savvy. Yeah, because I don't mess with YouTube too much myself. But I'd, I'd figure that. I'd figure it'd have like an audio version of the video once it's uploaded and then you can just pull that from from YouTube itself and then just you know how you can drag it to the computer and then it'll create a file itself I believe mm. I mean it should give you the option to do both video and it. audio but yeah I'm, I'm not an expert on that one bro unfortunately yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah I hear you just figured I'd ask yeah I'll send you this video I made a video no yeah send it to me and then I can probably it, it'd probably be easier for me to do it off the podcast but I could just like google it up real quick and and I, I know I could find a link and, and then I'll, I'll I'll help guide you on that I don't have an issue with that bro yeah, if you can, sure. Yeah, dude, I'm like, I, I like it's for me. It's like, I mean, when I used to work at AT and T, so I used to help out people all the time. For, but it's like, it, it's it's. Oh, you, it's you used to like cell phones? Yeah, I used to sell phones for like four years. <laughs> That's funny. Oh wow. So how I, was that? It was it was it was interesting, man. It was a uh, it was very very shady little industry. But then that's when I realized that's all the sales. <laughs> uh, or most. When you say it's shady. Why is it shady? Um, people would just. Uh, People would just try to figure out ways to maximize their commission in whatever forms that they could, like, I guess, locking people into contracts that they couldn't get out of because they already signed once, but they didn't really understand the terms and conditions. Mm. So, like, but, like, it's like they signed it, yeah, and, like, it is their fault, but it's like, but they were told another thing, but that was just, like, a like an act yeah, of manipulation. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, they'll do shit like that, or they'll change stuff, like, on people's accounts just and, and like, take credit for... Um, for, for certain things, like they would call it migrations and shit like that, but it was just like a whole other thing or, oh my God, there was this one time, this one guy sold, um, this customer two tablets and, and mm -hmm. they, they didn't know why they didn't even want the first one there. And they were like, oh yeah, the second tablet gives you better like Wi-Fi. I'm like, you're such a piece of shit. Like that's, that's one example. Like they just wouldn't care. Like they would make up bullshit because people didn't really understand what the hell like technology is like 50, 60 year olds, you know? Um, this is crazy. Yeah, sales is like that sometimes. I mean, look. Uh, I've, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. I've had people throw phones at me because they've been mad. <laughs> I, I rushed as fast as I could out here. <laughs> no, it's okay. I appreciate it. What you don't do this from your house? Uh, I do do it from my house. It's just I was at the store. <laughs> Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Because it actually looks like you're in a studio of some sort. Oh, man. If I flip it around, you can see my messy-ass bed. <laughs> Clothes uh, on the okay. floor. <laughs> Everything's chaotic. Well, good for you. Yeah. You, fake it, you fake it nicely. Thank you. That's, that's always been my goal. Just fake it till yeah. you make it, you know? Like, I, I don't know. It's worked so far, so I'll give it a go. Sure. Yeah, great. Good for you, man. So... What do you want to talk about? Um, whatever. I mean, I, I guess we can start going on with, um, you said you have something for real estate later well, on. Well, I can't today. hear you, man. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yeah, I have to, I have to, I have to do some work today. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I'm a little busy today. I have a bunch of things to do. Um, 
Anyway, you want to talk about Clubhouse? We can talk about Clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, what's what's been your favorite room that you've been on so far in Clubhouse? I don't know. I mean, I think I like the rooms that are just, like, small with a few people. I'm not mm -hmm. so much. I really am not into the rooms that have, like, 10,000 people in them. Mm -hmm. um, I was at the beginning, but it was more of a novelty. I, uh... If there's like some opportunity to just like socialize with a small group of people, that could be cool. Mm -hmm. No, I feel you because yeah, with the other rooms, there's no way in hell you'll ever have like a chance to speak because there's too many people raising their hands. You can't do. But it's also that. just like I don't know, nothing really comes of it. No, I I feel you. Um, I mean, I guess kind of like how we were talking about last time. So, um, you were saying you were um you were at Cutco, correct? Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. You were the in number college. one seller in the in the U.S. Is that correct? Yeah, I was actually for for some period of time. That's fucking insane. How was yeah, How how was the experience with that? Well, good and bad. Um, it's kind of a crazy business. I mean, it it really is a crazy a crazy business, hmm. and it's. As you can imagine, to sell knives is very, very difficult, and you really have to push. Now, if you're 19 or 20 and you just, you know, want to make some money, um, it's it's not bad. It's you know certainly encountered some very interesting situations running around selling knives, as you can imagine. Um, you know, but I, I was also too consumed with it. I was just 100% 24 hours a day thinking about knives and it was, it was a bit too much. Yeah. Um, the business itself, I mean, look, it's just like, the thing is, if I could go back in time, knowing what I know now, would I sell knives? No, I would not. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're 18 or 19 and you know, opportunities to work are limited, then it's not such a bad option. And you know, you can, you can learn some things and you can make, I did make a lot of money, you know, um, it was certainly a lot of hustling, no doubt about that. What what made you transition from from selling knives? Because obviously you need like a certain energy, a certain type of like hustle that you have when you're when you're younger. Like you said, you're you're hungry. So when was it when you when you started drifting away from right. that, or was there a certain reason as to why you switched from them? Well, look, how long can you sell knives? You know, mm -hmm. if you're like a grown ass man running around selling knives. Mm -hmm. You know, something kind of went wrong, honestly speaking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, am I supposed to be a grown-ass man showing up to your house with a bag of knives and then putting the knives on the table? I mean, like, you know, if you're good at selling knives, mm -hmm. then you're going to be really good at something else if you want to continue in sales. So, you know, I mean, if you're good at selling knives, you'll probably make three times, four times as much money selling real estate mm -hmm. or the same amount of money and doing not as much work. Um, I mean, selling knives is just a very barbaric business in many ways. It's like really, it's like running around selling a vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. So it's um, it's not something you really want to do if you're an adult, so to speak. Certainly, I did not. So, was there any opportunities above, like like you said, just going and showing up to people's houses? Yeah, there knives? is. Uh, a lot of people go into like management. Yeah. The thing is. Number one, I don't like to manage people. I don't like to be managed, mm. and I don't like to manage people. That's number one. Number two, I mean, it's kind of like uh, one thing is to run around sell knives. Mm -hmm. Another thing is to create more 
knife salespeople to run around selling fucking knives. It's just not something I really want to do. It's kind of like, you know, if you're a Mormon, okay. But then do you want to become a Mormon priest and create more Mormons? Maybe, maybe not. You know, um, I wasn't really particularly uh, such a fanatic to really want to evangelize the knife business. Mm. Now, as a matter of fact, what happened was I was in the knife business very, very aggressively. I went to all the conferences. I spoke at their fucking meetings in front of like large crowds of people. I was all over the fucking East Coast of the U.S. selling knives. I mean, you know, within the New York area. I mean, I was... I was going to Philadelphia. I was going to Boston. I was going all over the place, all these suburbs, um, you know, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, just like nonstop. Mm-hmm. I, you know, God knows where. I went to like housing projects to sell fucking knives. I mean, I would never do these things today. Yeah. I can't even believe I was good at it in retrospect. Um, what happened was I did come to a point, especially after I finished college, I came to a point where I was a little bit tired of selling knives. And then I started selling the knives on eBay, which is not allowed. Ooh, so okay. I had this, I had this like, I had an eBay business going on, mm-hmm. um, and I made like ten thousand dollars in a month. Damn. I was shipping knives. I was shipping knives to like Montana. I was shipping knives to Hawaii, all over the place. And then the company found out, and then they fired me. So why why isn't it allowed to be sold online in particular? Because the the way it's sold is it's sold in person, and if you're selling it on eBay, you're you're undercutting the price. Oh okay, damn, that's fucking that's kind of a stupid reason, but I mean whatever. I mean it is what it is, you know. I mean, well, it, it's it's to protect it's to protect the people who are actually selling knives. Mm-hmm. Would you would you consider it like because uh, there's a lot of like controversy between that because obviously at the end of the day that's like the harshest form of sales so I mean that means you're you're gonna climb to the top no matter what but what do you think about the people that call it like maybe like mm-hmm. a scam or like a Ponzi scheme would you agree or disagree and, and why well it's not a scam yeah. it's not no I mean people people are very inclined to complain and to whine. Mm-hmm without having much knowledge of the situation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not really a scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it a scam? I'm, I'm not recruiting anyone. The, the crux of the business is not me recruiting people. It's me selling a product. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're, if you're in some sort of a scam, let's say some people think Herbalife is a scam. Mm-hmm. The scam is that you cannot make money selling the products. You're selling the business opportunity. Mm. That's not. Uh, I, I never recruited anyone to sell knives, ah. nor did I make any money recruiting someone to sell knives. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not unreasonable to give a referral fee, like if you do in real estate brokerage. Like if I recruit a real estate broker and the broker sells a, sells an apartment or a house, I might get a small fee, but that's not. But that's not the that. spirit of the business. Yeah, every business um, though. Right. So there's nothing wrong with that, but the the the. You can't make a living that way. The only way to make a living selling knives is if you're actually selling the knives. Mm-hmm. So it's not a scam. Again, people are very quick to peddle all sorts of outrage mm-hmm. uh, without without really understanding what the hell is happening, okay. number one. Number two, um, 
you know, is it if you're asking me, is it a good business? Is it a business that you should go into or should you sell knives? Those are different questions. Mm. Um, if you're if you're asking me if it's a scam, no, it's not a scam at all. Mm. Got you, got you. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me ask you this as well. Um, on the sales side of things, I, I I'm wondering mm -hmm. if you had like a sales process, um, that or a certain a certain method that worked to get you those sales because obviously it either comes natural or you have it planned out. And I was kind of I was wondering what you were and and what those what what that was like during that time, if you can remember, of course. I've never been somebody who really plans a lot in anything. Not to say that I should or shouldn't. I probably should, but I've always just been somebody who has just said, okay, I'll do it and I'll figure it out. So, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of preparation happening. Um, you know, I would, I would, the, the reason I was successful was A, because I just worked very hard and I was extremely persistent. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously today I, I, I could never do what I used to do, but I used to call people fucking 10 times a day. And they used to buy knives just to get rid of me, you know, or, or, you know, many people in the U S are not straightforward. So if they're not interested, what they're, they're not going to say, no, they're going to say, call me back in a fucking month. And then yeah. they want you to read between the lines. And what they're really telling you is to go fuck yourself. But I'm the type of person who, uh, if you tell me to call back in a month and I'm trying to sell knives, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to call back. So I was extremely extremely persistent to the point where somebody would tell me to contact them in a fucking year and I would contact them a year afterwards. And I was, I was very aggressive. You know, somebody would tell me they're not interested yeah. and I would call them back a couple of months later and pretend like we never spoke stuff oh, like shit. that. Okay. Um, I was just incredibly persistent to the point of exhaustion. <laughs> That's one way to do it. And I give you, and I give you crazy props to that. How much of that has translated from, um, yeah. from that business to, to real estate? Cause that's what you're doing right now. As is it like toned down a little bit or well, you still, I, I care, I care. <clears throat> well, you, you, first of all, yes, because if you're a grown ass man, you really can't pull that off. I mean, sometimes if you're a college student, mm -hmm. uh, people will give you the benefit of the doubt and if you're an idiot, they'll just say, okay, he's young. But after you finish college, all of that is difficult to sustain, mm -hmm. number one. And number two, um, I, I, I just care, I care less these days. I mean, I'm not so focused on making money as I was back then. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it, I it's, mean, it's like the hunger. You know, I, I've, made, I've made enough money in my life to be comfortable, uh, you know, so... That, and, and, you know, your priorities change. I mean, people change. I'm obviously much different than I was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so so I uh, that, that of course, I'm not going to call someone 10 times a day. Mm -hmm. how, how does the process? Or, you know, if somebody was to cancel an appointment, I would just let it go to voicemail and I would show up anyway. <laughs> yeah, because they can't because they can't cancel it. You know, so it's like stuff a, like that. I would do all the time, and it kind of worked. Oh, I see. So, like now, at, at that point in time, where it sounds like you realize more, like it's like, like you said, you're 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 a bit more comfortable. With your men, you 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 care more about your mental health, about being able to breathe, and well, I care about different things these days. Um, you know, I I care about having fun, socializing, mm -hmm. whatever. 
you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not, I don't have the same degree of hustle really as I used to. I mean, if I have the opportunity to uh, make a thousand dollars, I'm happy to make it, but I'm not going to fucking jump through a million hoops to do it. I mean, I used to very enthusiastically go to Long Island to sell a fucking ice cream scoop and make $15. And I was happy about it because it was like the thrill of the sale. It wasn't even about money. Mm -hmm. It really came to the point where it really wasn't about money. I just liked closing deals and getting recognized for closing those deals. And, um, you know, at the time, I mean, I was living with my parents, whatever. Um, I had more money than I could really spend. I was saving all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't even, even about money at some point. It was just about uh, succeeding in the business, um, you know. Uh, but, but there's different ways to make money. I mean, I have no interest in selling knives these days. Um, it's just there's different ways to make money in life. And if you're a big difference if you're 19 or you're 30 mm. no that, that that makes perfect sense i i, I did want to ask this as well when um i guess for for real estate what what's is there a certain goal that you wish to achieve or is it just like a way to like breeze through life comfortably um, or look i because i remember you were i talking. like yeah i like real estate in that you know, you, I work for myself pretty much. I don't really have a boss. I never really loved having a boss. Um, although, you know, before Corona, if you were in the office and you liked your colleagues and it was fun at the office, I mean, that could be fun, but just having a boss, taking direction, having to ask for permission to take a vacation or to go for lunch, that's not really me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like being told what to do. So real estate is uh, a good business on some levels and that you can make money mm-hmm. and no one's really telling you what to do. If you want to work, you work. If not, then not. That being said, it's a pretty sleazy business on many levels. It's also a hustle. Mm-hmm. It does not require much intellectual rigor to be a real estate broker, which is why many stupid people do it. And when I say stupid, I mean academically stupid. They might be energetic. They might be good looking. They might be good with people. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be academically smart to work in real estate. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's why many people do it. Now, uh, I like some parts of it, but I'd be lying if I told you it was my it was my lifelong passion. It's not. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really appreciate your honesty. Um, there, there's something I want to yeah. ask for somebody like who obviously – doesn't know about real estate, but I, I've always been kind of curious because I know that like, uh, well, there are certain things I know and certain things that I don't, but like, I guess depending on, I don't, I don't even know if this is the correct term or not, but like agency or whatever department, if, if the houses that you sell are big enough, it can be life changing money. And then in some cases, I mean, it can still be life changing money, but the commissions are smaller. So what's the difference between, it can. what's the difference between like, um, between like, um, I don't even know what what it. I don't. I almost don't even know how to phrase my question. But like, let's say like a smaller, uh, like Century Twenty One, like in like twenty minutes outside of LA, and then like a brokerage like in Newport. Obviously, it's, it pays more over there. How, what's the process like to get over there and to like Century Twenty One? Well, I can't compare it to uh, California because I I've never lived there. Okay. So obviously, real estate in New York is very competitive. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a cutthroat business. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do sell something, 
of course, it can be good money because prices are relatively high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it can be good or bad. It's, it's commission-based, so it's, it's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. It depends on your connections. depends on your energy. It depends on many things. It's not a salary, so mm-hmm. you, know, you can make money doing it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... So, like, with anything, it's just the connections then, correct? Well, you have to find your own clients. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's the connections are important mm-hmm. or the ability to make connections. Got you. Okay. Uh, how, how is the process to get into real estate for someone who isn't into it? Like, obviously, you said it doesn't take a genius to get into it. How, no, it doesn't. How, how long does it take? You to- just get a license. Mm-hmm. It's very quick. It's really not that hard in the state of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, it's going to take time to, to get into the business in earnest. It's going to take a year or two before most people start making good money, Mm -hmm. but to get, I mean, to get into the business is very easy, which is kind of a problem because that's why there's so many incompetent real estate brokers, Mm -hmm. uh, because the bar of entry is extremely, extremely low. Mm -hmm. Uh, now to be successful is obviously much harder. To just get into it is one thing. It's kind of like the opposite of getting into Harvard. To get into Harvard is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Once you're there, I don't think I don't think the amount of work is that much more demanding than any other university. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're in real estate, to get into it is very easy. To actually get a check is quite difficult. Got you. What are the difficulties of selling a house? Obviously, because I again, I'm not in the business. I don't know like what credit checks you have to go through, um, bank loans. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I, I know. Well, the loan is a problem, but really the biggest issue is just people being indecisive, mm-hmm. people changing their minds, people working with a hundred different fucking brokers, mm-hmm. um, people bringing their husbands or their wives or their with their parents, and then like some family member says no. It's uh, that's really the hardest part. Um, you know, getting the loan is also can be difficult. I've had situations where somebody wanted to buy a condo, for example, and they could not get a loan. Um, that's more rare. I mean, the biggest issue is more someone changes their mind, someone finds something else, mm-hmm. someone brings their fucking stepdaughter or their uh, mother-in-law, and they say, fuck everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the biggest issues that come around. Um on many levels, commercial real estate is better because at least in my, in, in, in my estimation, because you're not dealing with people's emotions. You know, if I'm selling a residential property, somebody might ask me about the blinds or about the floors or whether their baby's crib will fit into the bedroom, which I don't give a shit about any of them. You know, yeah. I could give two fucks. <laughs> about the floors or the blinds. I'm just not a very domestic guy. Yeah. Now, if you like design, there's nothing wrong with that. If you like design, okay. Mm-hmm. But again, not for me. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're selling a commercial property, um, you're really just dealing with numbers. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with business and you're dealing with return on your investment. And that's kind of intellectually more interesting um, than showing like a one-bedroom condo and you know hoping that a newlywed couple is going to like it. Um, you know, and, and if they don't like it, the kitchen's not big enough or the oven's not big enough or all, all this, all these things that are so trivial. Mm-hmm. 
um, and that I just don't really care about. So I sometimes I like doing it because I might like working with specific people. Mm-hmm. And I guess there is an entrepreneurial aspect to it of like negotiating a deal, et cetera. But commercial property, if you're selling a building, for example, which I've done some of that, I like talking about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you're not doing real uh, commercial real estate right now, right? No, I am. I am. Yeah, sure. I deal with some investments. I've sold some buildings. How How is that process? Is that I'm, I'm assuming it's just as vigorous, if not harder. Well, again, in some ways it's easier, in some ways it's harder. I mean, the numbers have to make sense. Yeah. It's kind of harder to find a property. It's mm-hmm. harder to find a suitable commercial property. How, but at the same time, you're not dealing with people's emotions. You're not dealing with whether somebody loves the color of the cabinets. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're doing it sometimes, I'm assuming that there's more consistency like in just regular real estate as opposed to commercial, correct? Like, like commercial. Uh, Again, it depends who you are. Um, I think generally you're going to have more deals in residential. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to close more residential deals if you're a residential broker, but you're going to get bigger checks for commercial deals. So probably balances out in the end. Got you. Okay. Um, No. How, how has the change been since Corona started and where we're at right now? How has that looked like for, for your book of business? Well, you know, obviously there was a period of time in New York where everyone thought the world was going to end. Right now, people are coming back to New York. The real estate market in New York is pretty alive. Um, And and, and people who are expecting big discounts are not really finding them. So, um, you know, it's okay. Uh, You know, look, I was never the worst and I was never the best, you know. And I always, I, I, I wasn't ever really the guy who was closing. I mean, I've, I've closed some bigger deals, but I, I, I was never really the guy who was closing like $20 million deals. I was always selling more like high volume, half a million dollar apartments, million dollar apartments. Uh, that's just more my, my I think I, I appeal to a more younger, maybe more casual demographic. I'm, I'm not somebody who really plays around with like old money, like people who live on Park Avenue who inherited half a billion dollars. You know, that's not my demographic. Um, You know, most people I work with are probably my age plus minus. Um, You know, uh, probably the average price of the apartment I sold is, again, 500,000, 600,000. That's not a lot for New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, now if I sell something like that, you know, it depends on many factors. Maybe I'll make $8,000. Maybe I'll make $10,000. You know, I never got, I never got one check for a hundred K, you know, mm-hmm. um, I wish I did, but no, I, I was always selling more volume. Got you. But you had that, it sounds like you had that more uh, consistency as opposed to them, correct? It depends on the year. You know, it's, there's good years and there's bad, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about the whole state of the the economy and real estate? Do you think it's a it's a bubble? Do you think it's stable, etc.? Um, well, um, I don't think it's a bubble in New York. I mean, prices are still below where they were before Corona. Okay. Um, you know, as far as whether it's a bubble in some suburban markets where people were kind of like 
really flocking there um, at the beginning of Corona. You know, I'm not familiar really with the market enough to comment. Um, as far as there being a bubble in New York, I mean, prices uh, usually maintain pretty well in New York. I don't think it's a bubble. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, but prices are high. It's an international city. They're, they're unlikely to really go that much lower for an extended period of time. At the same time, I mean, if you buy a property in a prime area of Manhattan, you know, you're not going to double your money. It's already expensive. You know, if you buy an apartment right now in downtown Manhattan for a million dollars, I don't know if you're ever going to sell it for two million. Okay. You know, um, it's it's it it might go up a bit in value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to double. But overall, right. yeah, they're like locked in and stable. More so than some yeah. other locations, right? No, yeah, that makes sense. So it's not as volatile. Um, I guess let me, um, because I, for everyone that's listening in the world, um, he's got he's to gotta leave right now. So we're, we're short in time, but we're making this work. Um, but one thing that I wanted to ask um, before you left. We can, we can talk. We can talk for a few minutes. Okay. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask before you left um, as well was w- the people that are usually buying like the higher end houses in New York usually tend to leave them empty or they tend to not live there. Do you think, uh, again, this is from someone that's not in real estate. So do you think they just put their money into these homes and properties just to like hold the value? Because yeah, they're not really. Well, a lot of people uh, use them here and there Mm -hmm. for themselves when they're in New York and they have a lot of money. Of course you can rent it for income. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But over over you know the course of time, many international buyers have used uh, real estate in New York as a like a bank account just to store to store yeah, value. That's what I've heard. You know, especially if they're coming from countries that are kind of like unstable, mm-hmm. right? Russia, Argentina, Brazil. So you know, New York real estate is kind of reliable. In a way, it's kind of like uh, the equivalent of investing in Verizon. Mm. It's you know, it's probably not going to go way up or way down. Oh, I see. So it's like that's where the safest bet is at, as opposed to any other places. In it's China. a relatively safe bet, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can, have, you know, fair amount of rental income. What was that last part you cut off right now, Daniel? You can of course derive a fair amount of rental income. Oh, got you. Okay, okay. No, yeah, th- well, that makes sense. Would you put, like, let's say you had, like, a, like, you know, would you put money down on property over there, like, for yourself, or would you wait some time, personally? For myself? Mm-hmm. Um, well, potentially, sure. Mm-hmm. Depends what it is. Um, you know, the bar of entry is quite high, right, in New York. Um Theoretically, would I invest in, in New York? Sure, yes. Depends what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, depends what it is. Um, theoretically, yeah, it's possible. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to hear your take you know, on that from like your per- uh, personal... Most likely to live there myself. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I get you. I mean, I really, like I said, I, I really appreciate your honesty, hence why I'm asking you these questions because... And the normal, like, everyday life, like, if I ask any other freaking broker, they're going to tell me, yeah, everything's fine. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna bullshit me, like, yeah, I love doing this. Like, and I'm like, no, I actually appreciate, like, your honesty. And, 
and that means a lot to me, and I'm sure like it means a lot to the listeners. Uh, I know you gotta go, so I really appreciate you, Daniel. I'll post this in a few days, and sure. then uh, and then we'll we'll get it on through. Did you want me to tag you, or did you want me to sure. use an Elias? Appreciate it. <laughs> did you want me to put an Elias? Um. On can you say that one more time? Yeah, yeah. Did you want me to put? Uh, I can edit this part out, but I was like, did you want me to put like a different last name or not tag you on on Instagram? Oh. Look, um. That's a good question. Where do you let me ask you? Let me ask you. Where do you you put this on Spotify? What you put this on Spotify and iTunes? On, now, do you have any idea if anyone listens or how many people listen? Yeah, there's a few thousand people that listen. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. Good for you. <laughs> um, I'm dead. Yeah, you you can tag me. Sure, okay. why not? You can tag me. Why uh, not? We didn't say anything. I mean, we didn't talk about dicks. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, I fucking. You can did. tag me. Yeah, why not, dude? Go ahead, tag me. I'll I'll even I'll even repost it on my story. Maybe some you'll get a few more listeners. Awesome, bro. You are fucking amazing. You are the go. Go get that fucking bread. You are the shit, man. Thank you, Daniel. Oh, appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. All right. It. We'll talk later. All Thanks. Right, see you, man. You're-